Uh, shit. Should I have redone the wee woos? Okay. <laughs> we good? Yeah, I think we're good. We're back again. Back, back, back again. Back, back. Back to back to back. What's happening? Uh, nothing. Nothing new. Nothing new. <laughs> Since <Excellent>. last episode. <laughs> oh, man. It has been quite the week since last time Uh, probably (laughs) (laughs) well not a very compelling intro let's get started (laughs) where did the intro go there it is So, hey kids, welcome to The Strange and Unusual, where we discuss The Strange and Unusual. This is episode 74 of our series, Seeking Out the Weird, the Unexplained, and the Devious from Around the World. I'm Casey. And I'm Raya. And we are continuing with our episode, is this, is this episode 74 or is it 73.5? I don't know. <laughs> It'll be 74. Okay. Uh, but we will be continuing our story today about the one... The only disgusting motherfucker, Jeff Redama. Yep. Boo. Boo hiss. We hate him. His the worst. To a John John Ralphio. The worst. <laughs> oh man. This guy's just so awful. Yeah, he I mean, you're not gonna find like a good a serial killer. They all suck a bunch of buttholes, but <laughs> Well, uh remember everybody, you can find us on Facebook at you know strange unusual podcast <laughs> you can find us on instagram uh strange underscore unusual underscore podcast and twitter at underscore strange unusual and on patreon patreon.com slash strange unusual uh where we are doing stuff <laughs> excellent excellent intro i'm so good at this let's get Perfection. into it shall we <laughs> you know watching all the interviews and stuff about jeffrey Dahmer while i was while i was getting ready to do this uh, it struck me there's the the like that famous interview with Stone Phillips and uh, there, he asks he asks Joyce the mother he's like what was Jeffrey like in his childhood and uh, she's like oh he was totally normal we did normal family things he was a normal child he was great he was a wonderful normal child and then they ask the dad he's like he collected bones <laughs> uh he collected bones from the age of four four yeah totally normal normal child uh i mean didn't you have a bone collection when you were four i'm not gonna lie i probably did because my dad hunted and i probably had some like furs and bones and shit i also grew up around iroquois people but it wasn't weird it wasn't like a creepy yeah. bone collection it was like a cool bone collection yeah and you also weren't like decapitating dogs and, and putting their heads on stakes in the yeah. woods nope. nope hopefully they said a dog carcass so hopefully pre-dead dog i, I just assumed i assumed for the sake of myself that it was pre-dead a pre-deceased <laughs> or not not pre-dead yeah well, whatever it was a corpse uh formally alive formally alive yes Ah. <laughs> uh, well, where were we? We talked about all the horrible things he did. Now it's time for the comeuppance. Yes? Yes. So. Give. On July 22nd, 1991. I almost said 1921. We're off, <laughs> we're off to a great, great start. Great start already. Off to a great start. Man, this was only uh, three days after uh, Joseph Bradhop. So this is all happening very in quick succession now, uh, Dahmer approached some men, offering them money to take nude photos, uh, as he does at his apartment. Uh, 32-year-old Tracy Edwards accepted the invitation. In fact, all three men accepted the invite to come back to Dahmer's and party. But Tracy was the one who basically said, yeah, I'll take some photos, BB. And uh, so Edwards... Uh, gave this interview to a German newspaper called the Bild Zeitung and said that the three agreed, but Dahmer seemed to have given his friends a fake address while the other two went to get beer first. So Edward, uh, Edwards noticed this awful smell 
coming from the apartment as soon as they got there. All um, those fucking dead tropical fish. It's those tropical fish, man. And uh, apparently he also saw pictures of torsos on the walls. Normal. normal Along stuff. with the perfectly normal, common situation of the midnight chainsaw in apartment complexes. Absolutely. Every apartment complex has the chainsaw hour. Duh. He said that the <laughs> chainsaw hour. God damn. Uh, he said that the pictures that he saw weren't perverse. They were just weird. He also noticed containers of hydrochloric acid just chilling in the apartment. Yeah. I mean, Dahmer, don't you have that? Tomer told him it was for cleaning bricks. Just just side note, I have to work with hydrochloric acid occasionally because it's the only thing that will clean the lime buildup in some of the hoses. And it is scary shit to work with. So don't go playing with hydrochloric acid. I wish Dahmer had gotten fucked up by this acid. TBH. I wish Dahmer had killed himself when he considered it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, he he was looking at the, the tank of the, the fish tropical or not is debatable uh, yeah they're you know Dahmer <laughs> or you know dead. Jeff they're all floating at the top of your uh tank here and I don't think that's where fish are supposed to go and he started to get a little uncomfortable uh he kept expecting his friends to show up and they never did after a round of beers Dahmer brought Edwards a cocktail <laughs> just be like picks up a shoe just like hello oh my car is here <laughs> bye like <laughs> Uh, Edwards would say every few minutes, Jeffrey would ask him, how are you feeling? But Edwards was sipping his drink so slowly, this sleeping concoction, this drug he put in the the drink wasn't having the effect that it did on the normal, quote, guest victim, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Dahmer got upset because Edwards uh, said he was like, I'm ready to leave now. I'm going to peace out. My friend's didn't show up so see you later and uh so he told edwards to look at the fish and while edwards was doing so he snapped a handcuff onto one of his wrists unsuccessfully uh or un- not able to get both except essentially like he tried to get both but he only got one wrist um and then Dahmer was like hey come into the bedroom i'll get these pictures and you can go and edwards uh was like oh okay and uh upon entering the bedroom was horrified that the smell got worse. He saw more photos of naked men on Dahmer's walls uh, in various states of dismemberment. He said Dahmer was playing the Exorcist 3 movie and there was a 57-gallon drum in the corner as the smell was getting stronger. Uh, Dahmer threatened Edwards with a knife and Edwards began to undress. He said that he would allow for Dahmer to take the pictures if he put the knife away and removed the handcuffs. Edward said Dahmer kind of just looked at the TV and started like mumbling to himself and rocking back and forth for a little while. Uh, and he tried to remain non-threatening as he played for time, which was according to some sources up to five hours that Edwards was in this apartment trying to figure out a way to escape. At one point, Dahmer even told Edwards he intended to cut out his heart and eat it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and Edwards decided this was probably a good time to leave. Uh, So while Dahmer had uh, his head turned down, Edwards, with a free hand, punched Dahmer in the face, wriggling out of his grasp and made a run for it. Love that for him. Uh, I think I read that he was like pinned down to the ground and uh, Jeffrey had his head on his chest to listen to his heartbeat as he liked to do to listen to make sure his victims were becoming subdued from the drugs. Mm -hmm. That's a common thing that comes up in his confession. At 11.30 p.m., Edwards was able to get the attention of two two Milwaukee police officers, Robert Routh and Rolf Mueller. Um, Luckily, not either of the police officers that previously came to the scene. uh, And that was on North 25th Street, so just down the the street from the apartments. Uh, The police, unable to remove the cuffs, decided to accompany Edwards back to the apartment so that they could get Jeff to remove the cuffs. And they, they also kind of just like wrote it off as a domestic dispute at first. They weren't really taking uh, Edward seriously because he was a black gay man and basically not alive to them. So when they arrived, Jeff pulled his, oh, it's yeah, it's a domestic dispute. Nice guy routine admitted to putting the cuffs on, even though he gave no explanation to why. And Edwards finally said, this guy threatened me with a knife. The knife is in the bedroom and 
you need to go get this shit figured out. And so Mueller entered the bedroom and while looking for the key, the knife or both stumbled upon some Polaroids of massacred bodies, dismembered, burned with acid, etc. Uh, shit, should I have redone the wee-woos? <laughs> Let's put that at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, shit, should I have redone the wee-woos? Goes at the top of the episode. Sorry, sorry, everybody. All the ones that were on the last episode apply here as well. Gonna be bad, in case that didn't warn you. Descriptions of horrible massacred bodies coming your way. So uh, Dahmer tried to resist the officers. Uh, but he was soon overpowered and handcuffed himself on the floor. And it said while Dahmer was on the floor, he said to Routh, for what I did, I should be dead. Yep. Like, no shit, dude. Yes, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Way to go, pal. Uh, so upon investigating the apartment, Mueller allegedly found the freshly severed head of a black male on the bottom shelf in a box. This was reported to be the head of Oliver Lacey. On a more thorough search, the kitchen was said to have had 14, or sorry, not 14, four heads. That's a big discrepancy. Just four heads. Seven skulls were found in the bedroom, some painted, some bleached. Uh, blood drippings were found in the bottom of the refrigerator. Between the fridge and the freezer, they discovered uh, two human hearts, a portion of arm muscle, an entire torso, basically, a bag of human organs, and flesh stuck to the bottom of the freezer. Yay! There were two full skeletons, a pair of hands, two preserved penises, a mummified scalp, and in the big blue barrel, three more torsos dissolving in acid. I hate all this so much. Uh, a police police also found over seventy separate Polaroids total of the dismemberment process. There was an altar found in his closet with candles and human skulls. Uh, medical examiner Jeff Jensen. Uh, was quoted as saying it was more like dismantling someone's museum than an actual crime scene uh which yeah i guess i could see that yeah uh he determined that the remains had that were found in jeffrey's apartment were of at least 11 separate people meanwhile there's a media circus going on videos of investigators walking out of the apartment with boxes and boxes and boxes of evidence um, a hazmat crew showed up and removed that giant barrel and the refrigerator. This became international news in a matter of days. Um, and it's funny. Uh, my friend Rick, who I, I've now talked about several times, uh, he was telling me that he, he was old enough to remember that that was happening in the news and how like that's all anybody would talk about. So this was huge even for somebody. I think he said he was like 11 at the time. Yeah. He's like, this was huge news and it's basically that was the thing to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so Dahmer was taken in by these police. Uh, homicide detectives Patrick Kennedy and Dennis Murphy were the ones to interrogate Jeffrey after his arrest. Uh, he confessed to everything, literally everything. Indeed. I mean, it's kind of hard to not after they when find you... how many skulls in your house. Yeah. Uh, so he gave them all the details uh, and a quote from the Associated Press, quote, the 31 year old former chocolate factory worker smoked cigarettes and sipped coffee and soda as he confessed to last July. Or, I'm sorry. He confessed last July to filleting the flesh and boiling the skulls of his victims, said police detective Dennis Murphy, which is just horrible. Like you're just like chill, like smoking your cigarettes, drinking your coffee. Like, yeah, I fucking you know, took some dude's flesh off. It was cool. Like. My God, dude, <laughs> have some respect. The confession took goes to show you like how fucked up he was. Yeah. Yeah. During uh, the confession lasted uh, over 60 hours and he filled more than 160 pages with his confession. Uh, during the confession, Dahmer reminded him. Oh, uh, this is what Murphy said. He said during the confession, Dahmer reminded him of a guy who got caught doing something wrong and was a little embarrassed about it. Uh, he said, quote, he became more relaxed as the conversations went on. At the beginning, there was no eye contact. Toward the end, he would look at us and sometimes smile. Gross. I hate that. Yep. Uh, he did confess to a total of 17 killings over Wisconsin and Ohio. In his arraignment on July 25th, he was brought in looking disheveled like some kind of like 
unkempt college student almost. Uh, like he was there to argue for a parking ticket, not to say I murdered 17 people. And he was unmanacled wearing dark slacks, a light colored button down with blue stripes instead of the orange prison jumpsuit. And this fact, the fact that he wasn't in cuffs, was noted by the black community, by the way, because most of his victims were black or of another ethnic minority. Um, And so it rightly seemed to them like he was getting special treatment because he was white. He was accused of killing Matt Turner, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Weinberger, Oliver Lacey, and Joseph Bradhoff between June 30th and July 19th of 1991. These remains had been the ones that were identified by Jensen and a forensic odontologist, Dr. L.T. Johnson, and a specialist from the Bureau of Invest... Oh, shit. Bureau of Identification in the Milwaukee Police Department, Wayne Peterson. So they only had these four names because those were the only ones that were identified at the time. So the state started with only four, but that number did increase. I think by August, it was they were up to 11 and we're at the end of July. Other than the murder charges... Dahmer was also charged with habitual criminality because he was a a repeat offender and was still serving out his parole for the molestation charge. Remember that? Yeah. Which he had violated. So he also got a parole violation charge. Also, where the fuck was his parole officer this time? I was reading. They never showed up for like a surprise check-in. They never had any sort, you know, like that. That just pisses me off. I bet you they would have if he wasn't white. Probably. So he was put into protective custody uh, at the Milwaukee County Jail with a bail of $1 million. uh, And by August 22nd, yes, 11 additional names had been added uh, to the list of first degree murder charges. Now, some of them were first degree murder and other ones were first degree intentional homicide. Not quite sure what the difference is, but that's the list on the criminal complaint was... I think it was like two or three that said murder and uh, the other one said intentional homicide. Dahmer was not charged with the attempted murder of Tracy Edwards, nor was he charged with the murder of Stephen, Stephen Tuomi uh, because Milwaukee, the Milwaukee DA only wanted to bring forth the charges of those that could be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And there was no physical evidence of uh, Dahmer with Tuomi other than him saying, yeah, I woke up. did it. Yeah. And he said he claimed he had no evidence of killing him or uh, no, no memory of killing him, but that he w- he woke up and he was dead. So whatever. God, I hate him. I know. His trial began on January of 1992. At the preliminary hearing on January 13th, Dahmer pled guilty by insanity uh, for 15 counts of murder he was charged with. The real trial began on the 30th. And this was not a trial to establish guilt because... He said, I'm guilty, but yeah. I'm, but insane. So this was a trial to uh, establish whether or not Dahmer was sane or not, essentially. If he was found sane, Dahmer would be put away for life. If he was found insane, he would be treated at a mental health facility and could eventually petition for release. There's also the possibility that he could be found sane on some counts and insane on others, leading him to initially be treated at a facility and then released to prison. So... Defense attorneys brought in forensic psychologist Dr. Carl Wallstrom, who diagnosed Jeffrey with necrophilia, borderline personality disorder, schizotypal personality disorder, a dependence on alcohol, and psychotic disorder. The defense also argued that there was a progressive nature to Dahmer's mental illness, where so like it wasn't like he went from he didn't start out killing a dude every other day or something. He started slow and it got progressively worse was their argument. The prosecution argued that while Dahmer was certainly one sick motherfucker, he was not insane as described in Wisconsin law. The prosecution's psychiatrist, Frederick Fostall, said that in his expert opinion, Jeffrey suffered from something called paraphilia, but that Dahmer understood the difference between right and wrong. And while he may be sick, these mental illnesses did not rob him of the ability to understand criminality of his actions or deprive him of the ability to resist impulses. So. Fair. Yes. They also argued that Jeffrey uh, being diagnosed as a necrophiliac, or they argued against him being uh, diagnosed with necrophilia because he wanted a living but subservient partner. He just kept 
killing them because they weren't willing to just lay there and take it for the rest of their lives, essentially. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't killing them for the purpose of having sex with their corpse. With a dead body. That was just a a byproduct of his action. And his crimes were also premeditated. So he made sure to get his victims alone like he did with Tracy Edwards. And he prepared for his victims in advance so that he wasn't acting on impulse. There were also two court-appointed mental health experts that testified independent of the prosecution and defense. Forensic psychiatrist George Palermo and clinical psychiatrist Samuel Friedman. Palermo was quoted as saying that the murders resulted from hate and aggression that Dahmer felt towards himself. Yeah. He killed those men because he wanted to kill the source of his homosexual attraction to them. In killing them, he killed that which he hated in himself. His conclusion was that Dahmer was suffering from antisocial personality disorder and was a sexual sadist, but that he was legally sane. Friedman felt more like the desire to have a constant companionship and his intense loneliness were the cause of the murders or for the murders. Uh, He spoke well of Dahmer, calling him amiable, pleasant to be with, courteous, with a sense of humor, conventionally handsome and charming in manner. He was and still is a bright young man. He diagnosed Dahmer with an unspecified personality disorder with borderline obsessive compulsive and sadistic traits, but stated that Dahmer was not psychotic. By the way, I think I remember reading that there was only one person of color in the jury. So there's that too. Just one black dude on the jury. And the trial only lasted for two weeks. Do you remember how long, do you remember how long Scott Peterson was on trial? I feel like that was forever. I don't remember. I feel like that was in the news forever. It was on the, yeah, it was in the news forever. I'm Googling. Okay, you Google it. Something went wrong. Oh. Okay, again in a few seconds. Shut up. Tell that bitch to shut up. <laughs> uh, Scott Peterson. This trial began on June 1st, 2004, and he was formally sentenced on March 16th, 2005. Yikes. And then his death sentence was overturned in 2020. Oh, dang. That's one I want to look into because I've heard some interesting shit on both sides. Yeah, I have too. Okay, so let's get back into this, though. Uh, Defense attorney Gerald Boyle. Hey, he's back. He appealed to the jury saying he couldn't stop killing because of a sickness he discovered, not chose. He had to do what he did because he couldn't stop. This wasn't a matter of choice. Which, puke. Prosecutor E. Michael McCann uh, was the DA for the defense, or the prosecution, sorry. Uh, He called Dahmer a sane, cowardly killer who drugged young men to make them compliant and an easier kill, and that he enjoyed sacrificing others for his own pleasure. And he also accused him of seeking to escape this responsibility with an insanity plea. I was like, damn, McCann, get it. On February 15th, the jury declared Dahmer to be sane. Judge Lawrence C. Graham Jr. read 15 separate verdicts, all finding that Dahmer did not suffer from legal insanity at the time of each of the killings. According to the Washington Post, when the 15th verdict was read, assuming that Dahmer would be imprisoned and not committed to state mental institution, cheers and applause erupted from the courtroom reserved for the relatives of Dahmer's victims. Mm -hmm. Right here in this part of the the notes i wrote a quick shout out to washington post because they didn't put their old articles behind a pay barrier so thank you washington post but i'm gonna come at you later okay (laughs) (laughs) so that article from the washington post also said that two out of the 12 jurors disagreed with the verdict um but the votes of only 10 were necessary for a ruling in this unusual trial boyle allegedly warned Dahmer earlier in that day that they would likely lose the case and after the verdict, Boyle claims Dahmer leaned into him and said, thank you for trying. One of the two dissenting jurors spoke to reporters and said that while he did think that Dahmer was mentally diseased, he didn't agree or he didn't disagree with the final verdict because he also believed Dahmer could control himself. And I'm like, then you do believe he's sane, my friend. Sorry to tell you. Yeah. Uh, Reverend Gene Champion, which what a fucking name. <laughs> Uh, He was said to have been there for the relatives of the victims, but he also made time for Lionel uh, Dahmer and his wife, Sherry. 
he said to uh, the press, they're victims too, they're hurting, they need help too. Champion also hoped that the verdict would ease racial tensions in the wake of white man killing mostly black men, even though both Boyle and McCann seemed to agree that the killings were not racially motivated and that what Dahmer was looking for in these victims was an attraction to a specific body type, not necessarily a race. Yeah. Jurors were offered free counseling after hearing, after the hearing, <laughs> yeah. due to the gruesome testimonies involved. The criminal complaint uh, being read by McCann was so graphic, it was difficult for many people to even believe. So now I'm going to read some of those to you. <laughs> <laughs> On the case of James Doxtator, Doc, gave the young male a drink with sleeping potion after he passed out killed him by strangling him he dismembered him and smashed the bones with a sledgehammer and disposed of them he did not keep any portion of this individual he gave anthony sears a drink with sleeping pills in it then he strangled him and dismembered the body that he kept anthony sears head and boiled it to remove skin and then he painted the skull and then lastly he the defendant drugged ernest miller and killed him by cutting his throat further that after taking photos of him he dismembered the body and disposed of the flesh, except for the biceps, which he kept in the freezer. He also kept the skull, which he painted after the skin was removed, and he kept the skeleton, which he bleached. Just imagine being like a fucking juror on this. You're like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? So formal sentencing took place on uh, February 17th. Dahmer uh, wanted to address the court, and I'm going to read you some of his address because I want to see Roya's face as she calls bullshit on what I say. <laughs> this is abridged. This is abridged. I cut out a bunch of it. Your Honor, it is over now. This has never been a case of trying to get free. I didn't ever want freedom. Frankly, I wanted death for myself. This was a case to tell the world that I did what I did, not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I knew I was sick or evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. The doctors have told me about my sickness and now I have some peace. I now know how much harm I have caused. I tried to do the best I could after the arrest to make amends, but no matter what I did, I could not undo the terrible harm I have caused. My attempt to identify remains was the best that I could do, and that was hardly anything. I feel so bad for what I did to those poor families, and I understand their rightful hate. I know I will be in prison for the rest of my life. I know that I will have to turn to God to help me get through each day. Lord. I should have stayed with God. I tried and failed and created a holocaust. Thank God there will be no more harm that I can do. I do not want to contest the civil case. I have told Mr. Boyle to try and finalize them if he can. If there is ever any money, I want it to go to the victim's families. I have talked to Mr. Boyle about other things that might help ease my conscience in some way of coming up with ideas on how to make some amends to these families and I will work with him on that. I decided to go through with this trial for a number of reasons. One of the reasons was to let the world know that these are not hate crimes. I wanted the world and Milwaukee, which I have deeply hurt, to know the truth of what I did. I didn't want unanswered questions. All the questions have now been answered. I wanted to find out just what it was that caused me to be so bad and evil. But most of all, Mr. Boyle and I have decided that maybe there was a way for us to tell the world that if there are people out there with these disorders... Maybe they can get some help before they end up being hurt or hurting someone. I think the trial did that. I take all the blame for what I did. I hurt many people. The judge in my earlier case tried to help me and I refused his help and he got hurt by what I did. I hurt those policemen in the Conorak matter and shall ever regret causing them to lose their jobs. And I hope and pray that they can get their jobs back because I know they did their best and I just plain fooled them. Bullshit. <laughs> no, I. Uh, first off, it's not Jeffrey Dahmer's fault they lost their jobs. Yeah, first of all, it's really not. Like as much as I do want to blame everything bad in the world on Def Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> so much easier. Like I, you know, that one is on them. Yeah, absolutely. They are adults with their faculties who are able to make the decision to not take a bleeding child seriously. Yeah. Even if, even if Conorak had been 19, the legal drinking age in the U.S. is still 21. When did that change, though? Because it was 18 for a while. I don't think it was in the 80s. 
I don't know. I'm going to finish this up while you look that up. For uh, I know I hurt my probation officer who was really trying to help me. I'm so sorry for that and sorry for everyone else that I have hurt. I've hurt my mother and my father and stepmother. I love them so very much. I know my time in prison will be terrible, but I deserve whatever I get because of what I have done. Thank you, Your Honor, and I am prepared for your sentence, which I know will be the maximum. I ask for no consideration. Like, fucking good. You better fucking not. 1986, it was raised to 21. Then yeah, fuck him. Yeah, and like, but even if it was legal for him to be drunk, like, he's still drunk in public. Yep. That's still something you can take him in for just until he sobers up and you figure out what's going on. Uh Uh-huh. Like. Shitty police work, everybody. And he's not speaking English, so he can't defend himself to anything Dahmer was saying or agree or disagree with anything that Dahmer was saying. Or at least, I mean, he could, but they didn't understand him because they didn't speak Lao. Right. So all of the victims' families were allowed to um, take part of the uh, victim impact statements. Ooh, and those are rough. Oh, yeah. They're always rough, but... This one was a particular kind of roughness. Yeah. So they all came forward to confront Jeffrey... Shirley Hughes, mother of Tony Hughes, Dorothy Strotter, Curtis Strotter's mother, Agnes Thomas, mother of David Thomas, Donald Bradhoff, uh, brother of Joseph Bradhoff, Rita Ensville, the sister of Errol Lindsley. She's the one who you see in a lot of the clips about Dahmer, who like just has this- I hate you, Jeffrey. Yeah. It, they call it an outburst, but I think it's like totally fair. <laughs> I mean, I think that it is an out. It's an yeah, outburst I don't of like raw emotion. Yeah, though, that is. It's just earned. every. Yeah, it felt like everything just kind of hit her at once because you can see like her, her she growing start, she, intensity yeah. on it, and it's like yeah. she just hits a breaking point and she just starts screaming <laughs> and lunges at him. She opens just- up calling him Satan, and I'm like, oh damn, we're going okay, <laughs> we're going hard. Yeah, and she starts screaming, like, look at me, look at me, because he won't, he just keeps looking forward and yeah. won't look at her. And it's like, you motherfucker, open your goddamn eyes and look into the eyes of the woman that you did this to. Like, holy shit. These statements are all featured in the video compilation of the trial directed by uh, Elkin Allen, the trial of Jeffrey Dahmer, if anybody's interested in watching them. Uh, but hold on to your hats, because it is, it is hard to watch if you're... Any any amount of empathetic, like, it is, it's rough. Dahmer was then sentenced to life imprisonment plus 10 years upon the first two counts, uh, with the remaining 13 counts carrying a mandatory sentence of life, life imprisonment plus 70 years. So that was 957 years total. Wisconsin had abolished the capital punishment in the capital punishment. <laughs> Wisconsin had abolished capital punishment in 1853, so they didn't have to, like, there was no death row for, for Jeffrey Dahmer. His father and stepmother, Sherry, requested a 10-minute private meeting with Dahmer before he was transferred, uh, which was granted. Uh, and they shared hugs and words of love before he was taken away to a maximum security prison, uh, Columbia Correctional Institution at Portage, with Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, but a, sorry. What the hell? And I've seen a, I've seen a lot of conversations and stuff about even interviews like with Lionel and with other like family members of the actual serial killers that it's talking about like how hard it is to reconcile what happened, but also yeah. just still having like love for your child because yeah. it's your child or your brother, or your sister, or your parent, or you know, like there's so many things, and I was like, that's got to be such a difficult. Position. Like, how do you reconcile that? Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be so much therapy involved in... Like, because, you know, like, how many times I bet Lionel and his wife and, like, just sat up all night being like, what could I have done to have yeah. changed this? I mean, Lionel wrote a fucking book about it. Like, how could I have missed these signs? How did I not get him help, you know? And in one like, of the interviews, they like, that's a whole thing of, like, I had thoughts... I had violent thoughts when I was younger and how did I miss these signs of my son going through the same thing? Yeah. I mean, Lionel clearly, as far as we know, never acted on his violent thoughts and they were all reactions to him being harassed or bullied. But he, you know, he said, I did have thoughts where like, 
how how satisfying it would be to hurt the people who were hurting me yeah and i feel i feel like everyone has had violent thoughts or violent fantasies of like revenge on someone who's hurt you or even just that morbid curiosity that you may have in yourself of like i wonder what it feels like or i wonder what it looks like or i wonder what whatever but it's the difference of just like and i know i'll never do it yeah (laughs) and but maybe someday i'll do it like there's a difference (laughs) Between yeah, those like, two sentiments. I definitely get a certain kind of way when I'm feeling the road rage, but it's it's a matter of I don't do the things that I'm feeling when I'm feeling road rage, yeah, you know? because you um, have morality. Yes, and we'll get into that a little bit because uh, Jeffrey thinks he understands morality now. Well, In- <laughs> thought he understood morality. Shh, In April, Dahmer was extradited to Ohio, where he was tried for the murder of his first victim, Stephen Hicks. Because of his confession previously, investigators had found bone fragments of Hicks in the woods behind the house where he had been killed on September 14th of 1991. Uh, That is when they found the fragments, not when he was killed, obviously. Yeah. Uh, The remains were identified with two molars and a vertebrae from X-ray records, which is, whoa, like, that's crazy. A bone and a couple teeth, and you and you figured them out? I think that's pretty impressive for 1991. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, the charge was filed only three days after they found this. The court hearing took place and lasted only 45 minutes. He pled guilty, or pleaded guilty, and he was sentenced to a 16th life sentence on May 1st, 1992. This was clearly not a, you know, this wasn't going to make a difference in his, how long he spent in jail or anything, but it, it provided closure for the Hicks family. While all of this is going on, there were vigils and rallies being held by the gay and black communities in Milwaukee. Both communities felt like they had been uh, prey to Dahmer and neglected by their cities. Jeffrey's first year in prison was spent in solitary confinement as there were so many threats against his life by other inmates because, you know, child molester. His father and stepmother drove from Ohio regularly to see Jeffrey and his mother Joyce made weekly phone calls to him. With his consent, after the first year, he was moved to a less secure unit and was given a work detail where he would spend two hours a day cleaning toilets. Dahmer began getting back into the Bible and seeking salvation through a dedication to Christianity, becoming a born-again Christian, which we all just fucking hate. His father allegedly encouraged him to read books from the Institute for Creation Research. My brain was just like, the only thing that's worse than a regular Christian is a born-again Christian. (laughs) It's a born-again suicidal, or not suicidal, uh, homicidal Christian, yes. If only you were more suicidal. So yeah, if I didn't think Jeffrey was insane before, uh, he started reading from the Institute for Creation Research, and now he definitely is insane. Is that the, like, the Earth is 5,000 years old people? They're the, let's find this pseudoscience that backs up science about the God who created Earth people, yeah. In 94, Dahmer reached out to the prison minister from the Church of Christ, Roy Ratcliffe, uh, and asked to be baptized. His baptism took place in May of that year in the prison whirlpool, which I love that that exists. Ratcliffe stayed close to Jeffrey and visited him weekly until November of that year. Wonder why. Wonder why those visits stopped in November of that year. I have a feeling we'll know. He said Dahmer would ask questions like if he was sinning against God by continuing to live. Yes. Ratcliffe also wrote a book on his time with Dahmer called Dark Journey, Deep Grace, Jeffrey Dahmer's Story of Faith. I hate that that kind of rhymes. It's disgusting. <laughs> In the, inter- uh, the interview Dahmer did with Dateline, he was quoted as saying, this is this is the morality thing I was telling you about. Quote, if a person doesn't think that there is a God to be accountable to, then what's the point of trying to modify your behavior to keep it within acceptable ranges? That's how I thought anyway. So he's saying because he wasn't Christian, he didn't need to have morals. Yep. We've heard that argument before, haven't we? How can you be a good person if you don't have a God telling you how to be good? Jeez. Uh, and he also blamed his belief in evolution for the killings. Even oh, though, yeah. even I though mean, in his interview with Stone Phillips, he also said he found it annoying when killers blamed other things for their killings. When uh, I read the excerpts from, you know, Charles Dar- Darwin, all I <laughs> wanted to do was start murdering people. Murdering people, exactly. If you do ever watch any of the interviews, they're like super fucked up the inside edition interview he was like i didn't kill them because i hated them or was angry with them i did it 
because I wanted to keep them with me. That's some some uh, Denny bullshit. That's some Denny bullshit. And some Zodiac bullshit of like, everyone I killed will be my servant in the afterlife. <laughs> he also said, it's a process that doesn't happen overnight. When you depersonalize another person and start to view them as an object, an object for pleasure instead of living, breathing human being, it seems to make it easier. I'm like, well, just put it on out there don't you so here's the fun part the first attempt on Dahmer's life was in july of 1994 uh osvaldo deruthi made a weapon from a razor blade and a toothbrush and attempted to cut Dahmer's throat as he returned from latcliffe's ratcliffe's church service in the prison chapel unfortunately he was not seriously injured in this attempt Dahmer's father lionel spoke at length about how jeffrey had accepted that he was going to be abused by other prisoners and welcomed to death Joyce, Jeffrey's mother, also was quoted as saying that he didn't care if something happened to him in prison. Well, that's good news because in November... (laughs) (laughs) Remember I said, why did those meetings end in November? Remember that was like... 30 seconds ago, I said that. (laughs) On November 28, 1994, uh, something happened to him in prison. Dahmer was on his work detail with fellow inmates Jesse Anderson, 37, and Chris Scarver, 25. A little bit about Christopher Scarver, because this is important. Uh, Scarver was serving a life term for murder charge, in uh, which he killed a man after demanding money from him and only got $15. It's also said that Scarver was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Scarver told the New York Post that he had kept a newspaper clipping detailing Dahmer's killings and was, quote, disgusted. Lastly, and it's important to note this, Scarver was black. So that morning, the three men were taken to the prison gymnasium to uh, perform their cleaning detail. The three of them were unsupervised for about 20 minutes. Scarver returned to his cell early, and a guard found him there and said, hey, why aren't you fucking working? Uh, He allegedly told the guard, quote, God told me to do it. You'll hear about it on the six o'clock news. Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer are dead, end quote. When the guards returned at around 8.10 a.m., Dahmer was discovered in the bathrooms of the gym area. He had been bludgeoned on the head and face with 20-inch metal bar that Scarver had taken from the weightlifting portion of the gym. I don't know why I just did the weightlifting portion. (laughs) Nobody saw that, Arroyo pretending to lift weights. Anderson, who was in prison for killing his wife after they had a delightful meal at the TGI Fridays and then stabbed himself to blame two imaginary black men for I doing it. I have never described a meal at TGI Fridays as <laughs> delightful. <laughs> I know, but this is the kind of guy who would. This is the kind of guy who takes his wife on a fancy date at the TGI Fridays, kills her, and then stabs himself and pretends that black people did it. He was also discovered with serious injuries in the gym locker room. Dahmer was declared dead an hour later, either at the hospital or on his way to the hospital. That was unclear for me. He was 34 years old at the time of his death. And Anderson died of his injuries two days later. There's a lot of weird stuff about why Scarver did it. Some people said that he did it because he didn't like that Jeffrey targeted black people, which is why I said, you know, the fact that he's black is kind of important if you believe that theory. Yeah. Others claimed it was the schizophrenia and that he really did say God told me to do it and thought that was true. But Scarver's own admission was that he claimed that Dahmer would make his food into the shape of severed limbs and then put ketchup over the top and like blood to taunt other inmates with. This was confirmed by other prisoners and even Ratcliffe, the minister who defended Jeffrey and said what a good guy he was, said, yeah, he did that, but it was just a prank. Doing a Dahmer. Yeah. Maybe not the right audience to do a Dahmer with, though. Well, especially not when you're going on this I'm so repentant thing. Like, don't, you can't both be repentant and also, like, make your food look like severed limbs while you're, quote, so sorry about what you did. I mean, you can if you're a Christian. You just apologize to God and you're good. Yeah. Just, sorry. Sorry, dude. Heaven? Cool. See you there. (laughs) Sorry, super dude. (laughs) (laughs) that's his brother can't say that (laughs) yes so scarver said Dahmer was unrepentant and would cross the lines with prisoners as well as staff he claims that he felt someone poke his back and then saw Dahmer and anderson laughing at him uh and he told the new york post i looked right into their eyes and i couldn't tell which one of them did it when the men split up he confronted Dahmer with the newspaper clipping that i said he carried around you know he's got that story and he kept asking if it was true Dahmer allegedly tried to escape when Scarver bludgeoned him, crushing his skull and leaving him 
quote, gargling on the floor. Uh, He told the Post he did pretty much the same thing to uh, Jesse Anderson. He initially pleaded guilty but insane, but changed his plea to no contest in exchange for a transfer to a federal facility. On May 15th, 1995, Scarver was sentenced to two more life sentences for his trouble. In 2012, an agent representing Scarver announced that Scarver was willing to write a book about the killing of Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) If anybody's interested in reading that, you can reach out to Christopher Scarver. Don't recommend. As per his wishes, there was no service held for Jeffrey Dahmer, and he was cremated. His ashes given to his parents. Joyce, Jeffrey's mother, I keep saying that, I don't know why. Joyce allegedly responded to the media with, Now is everybody happy? Now that he's bludgeoned to death? Is that good enough for everybody? Yes. Should have happened 15 victims ago, though. 17 would be nice. Uh, the victims were understand, or the, the families of the victims were understandably torn. Some people, you know, wanted him dead, and others were like, he got off easy. Yeah, you know, uh, they didn't really know exactly how to feel about him being killed in prison. Dahmer's estate was awarded to the families of eleven of the victims who had sued for damages. The properties that had belonged to Dahmer were purchased by Tom Jacobson, the attorney who represented eight of the families, uh, to be auctioned off in 1996. And while the families said it wasn't out of greed, there was a lot of outrage over this. The items that were going to be auctioned off included the vat in which he boiled victims' heads, uh, the refrigerator where he stored their skulls and body parts, the hypodermic needles. Yeah, they like auctioned off like the no actual body parts, but everything that was probably used to commit the crimes. Yeah, so they had the the big pot, the refrigerator, the hypodermic needles he used uh, for the acid in the brain, uh, and the tools he used to separate skin from the from the bodies and to decapitate them. Uh, the same CNN article where I read that from said that Janie Hagen and Rita Isbell, both sisters of victims, say that they are not motivated by greed, but rather by painful memories still vividly recalled. They, like other victims, families involved in the sale, believe they are entitled to any money generated from the sale of Dahmer's belongings. Hagen was quoted as saying, we're just supposed to sit back and let everybody make money off Jeffrey Dahmer, and what do we get? We get nothing. I don't care what I have to do. If we don't do it, down the line, somebody else is going to be making money off this. A civic group called Milwaukee Civic Pride pledged over $400,000 to buy the estate, to buy all the items um, so that they could be destroyed and close the chapter on Dahmer for Milwaukee because the city was suffering. Uh, By the way, P.S., murderbilia is fucking gross guys just putting it out there only five of the eight families i think agreed to this but because it was the majority they went ahead and had everything destroyed and split up the money three families subsequently sued lionel dahmer two for using their name in his book a father's story which i mentioned without prior consent and by the way his book a portion of the the proceeds from the book did go to victims families uh stephen hicks his family uh, filed a wrongful death suit against both Lionel and Joyce for parental negligence. I'm not sure how that stands up in court because I couldn't find any information on it. But uh, Lionel and Sherry kept their surname and continued to profess their love for their son. Joyce died in the year 2000 of cancer. And Jeffrey's younger brother, David, changed his last name and now lives anonymously. So no, you go, David. Yeah, don't blame him. You go, super dude. Yeah, super dude. Super dude Dahmer, sorry. <laughs> So yeah, uh, the apartments at 924 North 25th Street, where Dahmer had lived and took the lives of 12 of his victims, were demolished in November of 1992. The site now lays vacant and overgrown. At this point, I have a thing to say, which I mentioned earlier. I tried to find an article on the Dark Tourist episode where David Ferrier goes to Milwaukee and sees all these people like flocking to the Dahmer tour. And the Washington Post asked me to pay. So I take back what I said earlier. You got your ad revenue. Leave me alone. And that's the end of the story of Jeffrey Dahmer. A miserable pile of shit. He was horrible, and we're glad he's dead. Yep. Now, I'm not saying, and I want to say this, I'm not saying that dude wasn't sick as fuck. He definitely had something screwy in his head. But I'm sticking with the with the legal definition of insane here. Yeah, he there every are opportunity tons, to stop. There are tons of psychopaths and sociopaths that don't murder people yep like everyone knows someone everyone knows a psychopath or a sociopath hi just like by like how many people you come in contact with on average in a day yeah there's no way you don't but the likelihood that you know a murderer is much more slim (laughs) 
by yep. comparison. So to say that, you know, he had psychopathy or he was a sociopath or whatever is means to say that he's insane, then you could just use any definition of a mental illness. I'm depressed, so my murder, uh, I, I get insanity because... Yeah, I have a mental illness that stopped me from caring. Like, <laughs> it's like it can't you can't do that because then everyone can just kill everybody because everyone has some sort of unexplained, unreported mental illness that they're not aware of. I'm convinced. I'm convinced too. And I know the fucked up part is that. Like, I was thinking about it as I was writing all of this. Like, I would kind of wish he did get some time in a mental institution or like a mental facility just so that because all of those psychiatrists and psychologists who came onto the stand diagnosed him differently. Yeah. And I kind of would have just liked to know, you know, in a facility like that, what kind of treatment he would have had. And I also know that American prisons are absolute garbage about giving people mental health treatment. So I know he wasn't getting any kind of treatment in prison. But anyway, not not that it matters because now he's fucking dead (laughs) but that's it for me today uh well thanks for (laughs) joining us still not sure if this is celebratory of pride month or not but we certainly ended it with a bang well we're in july now anyway so (laughs) we don't have to celebrate anymore but yeah it's done gay people have all gone back into their caves yep no more gay people (laughs) now it's the the next 11 months of straight pride yep cool um so be sure to come back next week and we are going to be talking about some rotten royals Oh, yeah. We hope that you'll reach out to us with your own experiences. We want your stories, your questions, and your feedback. Send us an email at strangeunusualpodcast at gmail.com. If you're sending a listener story, we just ask that you put listener story in the subject line so we can sort through those a little more easily. I got nothing for this one. Yeah, I don't want... (sighs) I don't want your Jeffrey Dahmer stories. I do. Like, if you have a connection to the case, that would be really interesting to hear about. Yeah. But, like... Other than that. I mean, email us Jeffrey sucks. LOL. I don't, yeah. That's fine. Send us. Just hang out with us. <laughs> you can also find us on Instagram at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast or on our personal accounts, Roya Rampage and Calamity Casey, where we post the weird shit in our personal lives. You can find us on Twitter at underscore strange unusual at Calamity Casey and at Roya Rampage. We're on Facebook. Just search for the strange and unusual podcast. You can also join us over on patreon.com slash strange unusual where we post bonus episodes and polls and we just have a great time in our discord posting horribly inappropriate memes. <laughs> you right. If you can't support us financially though, we do understand we are in the time of the Rona. It's it's still it's, something is happening. Yeah. I don't know if it's good or bad at this point. Um, so if you could just share, uh, like, rate, subscribe, do all those fun internet things and uh, make sure that you get on to the Apple podcast or wherever you can review us and give us a shout out. Say, hey, these bitches talk way too much about serial killers. Five stars. They split up another fucking guy into two episodes. Five stars. <laughs> Is this the second or third one we've done? second because benny or not benny denny denny did not get two episodes but zodiac did zodiac definitely did because he was a biggin yeah well until next time guys yeah bye bye